They are now. There you go. Smart Alec. It's what I deal with. I'm halfway through my, my, my bid here, and you look at me and you say, turn on the microphone, dummy. <laughs> okay, so I have a few different things that I want to talk about Let's today. So, um, ODOT. Okay, so this is a story, and I'm just going to read it. A homeless man gathered laundry on the side of his tent Tuesday morning. This is in Portland. It's a big day for him, he said. He just found a free place to clean his clothes within walking distance from his campsite along Interstate 405 in southwest Portland. You done? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's like a lullaby music by now. I've gotten way used to it, says Michael, uh, who's a homeless person that camps next to the interstate. Um, he's been on the corner of Southwest 13th Avenue for about two weeks. He said, here's like a safe place. I can leave my things and come back and it'll all still be here. He said that newfound security is in thanks partly to the Portland, to the city of Portland running out of money to remove camps that are on Oregon Department of Transportation property. Something that has kept him from settling anywhere for months. When I get a little bit of comfort, he says, which is hard to find these days with those sweeps. I know the city is just trying to help, but it's hard for me to get comfortable with them. Uh, the state transportation agency provides the city with $2 million a year for homeless cleanup camps on ODOT right-of-ways. And the city is responsible for managing those funds that will last until June 30th of each year. And they've done this for about four years, $2 million a year for this. Okay. Well, they have now ran out of funds, and they still have about half a year to go. Uh, the city says that the removal of camps on ODOT property is on pause until they find more money or until the budget cycle ends. So it looks like they might not be touching those homeless camps on ODOT property, even though they've been funded to do that and just have poor management skills of the money. So it looks like they might either pause unless they find money, which I doubt they will, until June 30th. Uh, and then the homeless guy says, I guess that's lucky for me that I won't have to get thrown out of my place. So it's like wow. these people know that they're just going to bunker down. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty. I'm. Yeah. The guy says it's just a peace of mind that I can leave my stuff here now until June. That's just crazy. So is is is, is that a good sign or is that a bad sign? I'm, I'm, what I do mean, you mean? It's a horrible sign. Okay, so the They're city, saying that the city... So ODOT gives the city of Portland $2 million a right, year to clean right. up homeless camps on okay. their properties, like on their right-of-way, so like probably blocking areas that they have to get okay, to. Okay, I got it. All right. Um, they provide $2 million, um, and they ran out of it already. So they're... And in the report, it goes into more detail that they aren't managing their funds properly. And so Ted Wheeler and Tina Kotek have been notified of this and they're trying to work it out. But they're just and so now they're the homeless camps just get left mm. because the city of Portland failed to manage their budget properly. And this is money. And if they do pour more money into it, the ODOT says that that's money that goes to our potholes and all of those types of things and managing our roads. So we're going to give them more money if that's the case to take care of those. So that takes away from our better streets. That's our tax dollars because the city of Portland can't figure out how to budget their money. So there's probably one person there that is in charge of budgeting the money. Correct. And they've totally screwed it up. Correct. Good morning. It is 9.30. It is 37 degrees, mostly cloudy. According to the weather people, they say mostly cloudy today with the highs around 51. Tonight, mostly cloudy with the lows around 35. Tomorrow, cloudy. Sunday, mostly cloudy. And again, we have 37 degrees. So 
the most popular Oregon coast destination is called the Stephanie Inn, and it's number one. Okay. It's number one in the country, and we have the, actually we have three of the top uh, destinations right here in Oregon. Okay. Stephanie Inn is number one. Um, let's see. According to uh, trips to Discover, they uh, they looked at twenty five hundred resorts in the United States, and they came up with the top fifteen, and we hit three of them. Uh, that's pretty good. Not sure how, but all right. Um, <laughs> you you guys like to get away. You and Bo like to take off on, on weekends and, and go. You should check this out. The Stephanie Inn beat out the Prince Waikiki in Honolulu for the top spot. All right. Um, they have beautiful, top-notch romantic rooms, and the food pretty doggone good, too. All right. There you go. So I want to remind everybody that this coming Saturday on February 18th, uh, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Scottish Rite Center is the Neon Kids Educational Expo Center. Or not center, just expo. Um, they're going to be going over different private school options, co-ops, pods, homeschool resources, tutors, teacher experts, um, extracurricular activities that your kids can be doing. Um, it's just kind of an educational thing if you're trying to get away from the public schools or see what other options you have. So that is, again, this Saturday, February 18th, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. at the Scottish Rite Center. They're located over there on South Commercial, uh, right down from the Shutterbug, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, and it's only a few hours, so it's definitely worth going and checking out just to see what they have available, because there's actually a lot more options than you would think. Um, a lot more options, programs, and different things. Right now, it's kind of a tough time for the public schools. I wonder I wonder how the, the, the folks in charge of the public schools are looking at this thinking, man, our attendance is dropping every oh, day. Well, Chemeketa uh, Community College, I just read an article, actually, when we were on break. I also talked to Ron. Thank you for calling in, Ron. I appreciate you calling and hearing your feedback and stories. So that was amazing. Um, but Chemeketa Community College, their attendance is down, their enrollment. And so they're actually laying off 11 teachers uh, and 11 different people. Mm. And so they had a board meeting on Wednesday, I believe, and teachers went before them to fight for their job and that there is enough money. They're just putting it elsewhere and they're saying, well, yeah, we don't have enough money to just keep you staffed. And so it's kind of a whole thing. As the story unravels, I'll probably bring it up next week. How about how about K through 12? Um, oh, well, yeah, their enrollment's down. We just did a story recently with um, there was in Wisconsin. Uh, they sh- they're shutting down a whole elementary school because really? enrollment's down and they can't afford to keep that building up and running with how low attendance has gotten. And I'm sure I'll try and find some numbers here in Oregon um, of what that looks like, because I know our attendance is down here as well. I was I was reading an article yesterday. As a matter of fact, we were talking about this um, in California, where I used to go to school in San Jose. They have teachers that are going between schools now. The first oh. part of the morning, they'll be at one school. Mm-hmm. The second part, they'll be there because they just they don't have the attendance there to keep them full time. Yeah, sad. It is. Thirty-three minutes after nine o'clock, that makes it twenty-seven minutes before ten o'clock. Boy, I did that off fast without even thinking. All I was right, pretty, all right. I'm impressed. Thirty-seven degrees, mostly cloudy. Let's get back to Bongino. Good morning. Thirty-nine Good morning. degrees, mostly cloudy skies outside. Terry Solomana Smith, mostly cloudy with the highs around 51 today is what they're telling us. Mm-hmm. Lows tonight about 35. And again, currently 39 degrees right now. Do you ever sing in the shower? Oh, yeah. You should never do that. Why? 
Singing in the shower leads to dancing. Dancing in the shower leads to slipping. Okay. Slipping in the shower leads to paramedics seeing you naked. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Don't sing in the shower. Fair enough. So I was at the breakfast with the chief yesterday, and we were there last year as well. Um, It was really awesome. So this year, last year, they didn't really have any like specific need when they were, uh, because it's like a a fundraiser, Mm -hmm. if you will, the breakfast with the chief. And um, last year, they didn't have any like specific needs. It was just needed help being funded in general. Um, This year, they had a need. So their body armor right now is pretty flexible. It, It does the job, but more so for handguns so they said uh a rifle bullet will go through it like a a hot knife through butter it just won't stop rifle bullets Mm -hmm. unfortunately um they did a demonstration out in the lobby with a video that they when they shot it um with all of the guns that they've confiscated in marion county over the last year 25 percent of them were rifles Hmm. Um, with mass shootings he said same thing 25% of mass shootings are with rifles and so he wanted to protect our police officers a little bit more so they have this plate and it's probably the size of like two of my hands side by side so if you put your hands together it's about that size and it covers the heart and lungs so it's not huge but it's big enough to protect what the important parts and he said You really get shot anywhere else, you're going to survive. It's going to hurt, but you're going to survive. You get shot in your chest area where your heart and lungs are, it can be fatal. So, and they weighed 1.2 pounds, so really light. And so he said uh, for 12 hours, that's doable, where they have just that plate on their chest versus a whole body or a whole whole chest and back one. Those are a little bit heavy, uncomfortable. SWAT team wears those. So. They're $400 each for those plates, so they were that's what they were raising money for. And we know that um, from the body cameras that they're adding on, that they, that they did on Monday, that there's about 199 police officers and detectives um, that deal with the public. So That's not a lot for a city the size of Salem. No, but what um, he did say, the chief, uh, the police chief, is that um, while Portland's being defunded and a lot of other... Uh, Police stations and counties are being defunded. He said they've actually grown. Salem has. Yeah, Salem mm-hmm. Police Department has grown. They do have open positions um, still, but he said that they are growing, and because of the public and helping them with fundraisers like uh, Breakfast with the Chief, they're able to to continue to grow and have canine units and all of those other things that are defunded other places. So he said it's amazing that Salem's backs the police like they do. Well, there are our first responders. Um, yesterday, I saw three of them flying down Lancaster, and I mean, they were just going. I saw the first one, and I thought, huh, I wonder where he's off to. Boom, here comes the second one, here comes the third one. Like, okay, something's going yeah. down. Also, really quick, they said with their homicides, they have a 90% rate of uh, solving, solving them. them. Nice. Whereas the national average is 50%. Really? Salem Police Department is 90% success rate. You need to support our uh, our local police department. They are working hard they as much as it's hard because hard. they can't do, their hands are tied with a lot of things, and it's frustrating, but that's not their fault. But what they are working on, they are being very... Degrees, mostly cloudy skies. Terry Solomanda Smith hanging out with you. Hello. Okay, so there was, with the OLCC staff members that got let go that we were kind of talking about, I wasn't sure right. on much of it. 
and a listener had sent me some information, and so I did some digging and found this article. So top executives and managers at the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission employees have diverted specialty bourbons away from public consumption for their own personal use for years, according to the OLCC documents released to OPB on Wednesday. The internal investigation prompted by the o, by an OLCC employee complaint revealed that uh, a longstanding practice of o, OLCC staff, including the agency's director, to obtain rare bottles of liquor. Uh, Steve Marks, who was recently the leader of the agency, told an investigator that he requested staff to divert warehouse liquor, warehoused liquor to a certain store where he could purchase it. OLCC has monopoly has a monopoly of liquor sales in the state. Some of the in-demand liquor was set aside so managers could purchase them at specific stores. Some highly sought-after brands are often difficult for the public to buy in Oregon because the demand outpaces the supply. Um, and looks like the investigation first reported by the Oregonian found at least six agency officials diverted alcohol for their own wow. personal use. So that's six of them. Several other managers also asked to have certain bottles set aside for them so they could be picked up, according to the investigation. Um, looks like earlier this month, Tina Kotek demanded the reg- rec- resignation of Marks, the longtime OLCC director, as first reported by Willamette Week. This was before she had learned about the alleged abuse within the agency. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder why. Um, after requesting the head of the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission's reg- 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 geez, resignation, uh, my administration became aware that the leader within the agencies, including the director himself, abused their position and personal gain per their own admission um, with an internal investigation. This, Tina Kotek wrote, this behavior is not acceptable. I will not tolerate wrongful violations in our government and ethic laws. So then it goes down here and it says, while on campaign trail, Kotek had promised to reshape leadership at the state government level. So far, the Oregon Lottery Director, the Oregon Department of Emergency Manager, the Oregon Health Authority Director, and the Oregon Department of of Education Director have all been asked to step down. (laughs) And so now the OLCC director as well so it's interesting they're all crooks i think that was my favorite well i wonder if she's going to be replacing who she'll be replacing them with um i get that they were uh aside from this article and and the wrongdoings um i think she's using this to her advantage to put people that people in there yes Mm. Uh uh-huh and then then they're all at her becking call they're all, all owed fate she you know you owe me a favor type of situation, and especially the Department of Education. I, I know that that's already been replaced with um, her people. Did, was, was the Oregon Lottery, was he in one of those that was replaced? Uh, no, that's okay. now a new one, though. But she, yes, she had at, not in the ones I listed, but he's added to that as well. Before this investigation came out, she had asked for them to step down, and then this came out. Okay. What can it, you say? What, yeah. can, what can you say? There's really nothing else to say. I know. It's pretty, uh, yeah. Jeez. All right. Hey, we're out of here. I'm going to go get my MRI done. All right. Well, best of luck to you. Yeah, Good luck. Yeah, I don't like I it. know. I know. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right, though.